Welcome to Exploring Boys Education, a monthly podcast produced by the International Boys Schools Coalition. I'm Bruce Collins. In March 2022, IBSC released a new brochure for IBSC members entitled Boys Schools Understand and Celebrate Boys. It's a companion piece to our existing Why a School for Boys brochure and video. The Boys Schools Understand and Celebrate Boys and Why a School for Boys brochures are both available exclusively to IBSC members. Visit the IBSC Member Center to download a high-res version to print or a smaller file size to post on your school's website. Before we explore the fact that boys' schools really do understand and celebrate boys, IBSC Interim Executive Director Amy Ahart joins me again to introduce our guests and also highlight upcoming programs in the IBSC Newsreel. Thank you, Bruce, and hello, listeners. On May 4th and 11th, we are offering a second opportunity for members to attend IBSC Better Boys, Better Men, which is an IBSC online program with Andrew Reiner, co-hosted by Sterling Hall School in Canada. Based on his extensive research and work on masculinity, Andrew Reiner facilitates two interactive workshops focusing on the development of a new masculinity. We hope you'll join us and register on www.theibsc.org. We're also counting down the days to the 2022 IBSC Annual Conference hosted by St. Mark's School of Texas. The dates are June 26th through 29th and will be in Dallas. Together, we'll explore the theme, The Path to Manhood, as we celebrate gathering in person again. Get the latest details on the schedule, speakers, workshops, and special events in this invaluable networking and professional development opportunity on the IBSC website. Remember to register by April 27th to save with the early bird discount. We will see you in Dallas this June. Bruce, I'm looking forward to your conversation with our three guests, Tom Batty, Tony Wheeler, and Byron Holsey. All three serve on the IBSC Board of Trustees and are amazing advocates for boys and boys' education. Tom is the principal of Scotch College in Australia and is a former IBSC board chair. Tony is the principal of Bishops in South Africa and serves as an IBSC vice chair for Africa. And Byron is the headmaster of Woodbury Forest School in the United States and the chair of IBSC membership committee. We're delighted to have their insights and experiences in boys' education as they join us today to speak about how boys' schools understand and celebrate boys. Tom, thank you so much for kicking off this conversation for us uh, in our recently published Boys' Schools Understand and Celebrate Boys' Peace, we highlight that boys' schools embrace the intellectual, physical, social, and emotional lives of boys and appreciate the intensity and complexity of boyhood. Moreover, and I think this is probably the most important for me, is that educators at boys' schools celebrate and value all that it means to be a, a boy. Now, Tom, in your experience in boys' education, how important is that teacher-student relationship to engage adolescents and younger boys in learning successfully? Yeah, well, thanks, Bruce, and thank you for the opportunity to have a chat about such important things uh, as this. And um, I firmly believe that the relationship is absolutely vital in, in all education, but particularly in boys' education. And I, you know, I believe it goes down to when I think about education, it starts with people being brought to awareness. And once you bring someone to awareness, you have an opportunity to influence 
in a moment before they form a judgment. And my view is that our capacity to bring someone to awareness and then our capacity to expand that interval as long as we can to influence is a product of relationship and the relationships that, that we form. And we know that um, with boys, you know, that, that is particularly important. The work we've seen from Rykert and Hawley tell us that boys are essentially relational learners, that they learn their teachers before they learn their subject. They, they determine when they are going to elicit information, when they're going to engage and when they're going to learn. They determine that. So your relationship with them is, is crucial um, uh, to that. And that they learn through hanging. The way I put it is they hang their learning on other things. They hang it on story. Uh, they hang it on activity. They hang it on purpose and outcome. So it's absolutely vital that to maintain that um, opportunity to bring to awareness and to maintain the influence, that as teachers, we, um, we sort of, have a sense of reciprocity that uh we a shared respect that we we walk with boys in the learning experience and that's why i believe you know it's absolutely vital again as Reichert says that teachers in boys schools um not only are they charged with forging a learning relationship not only are they charged with maintaining it but importantly they're charged with repairing it um if and when it goes wrong. So absolutely, absolutely crucial. Tom, we could probably devote a whole episode to this next question alone. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I wonder, you know, what are some of the successful relational strategies you've seen uh, implemented by teachers of boys? Yeah, Bruce, you're dead right. I mean, I, I, I could cast my mind back and come up with lots and lots and lots. And when I was in my first year of teaching in New Zealand, um, I, I saw the power of story used with boys. And it was actually a co-ed school, but they were taught um, as boys during their social education aspect. And they were teaching the boys, they were tracking about a, a couple through ch the birth of their first child. It was done by this teacher and he was brilliant. He had a brilliant way with relationship and with the, with the boys in his class. Uh, and he was showing, showing them... Um, the journey through the months lead of, lead of pregnancy leading towards childbirth. And it went for about four or five weeks. And right at the very end, you know, he's showing the moment of, of childbirth, uh, the mother, you know, all, all that the mother went through and the difficulty uh, for her. And the baby appears and, you know, they give baby to mother and father and he just paused the video and he looked around at the boys in the class and he said, and that's why your mum and dad worry about you when you're late home at night. That's beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and that power, yeah, that power of story and moment, capturing the moment um, and, and that reciprocity of sharing an experience together, was it really powerfully, powerfully captured. I've also seen lots and lots of examples of that powerful thing in educating boys which i put this way i put it that you know a teacher of boys especially around adolescence you know we need to have um soft hands that don't move so that boys can run into them at full pelt and they you know, and they don't get too bruised or anything but the hands don't move 
the line the lines are, are, are pretty clear for, for boys and um, teachers that do this i think that balance that being firm and making clear what they expect and being supportive but honest that authenticity but at the same time knowing when to, you know backing everything up with an affirmation another another powerful um thing i've observed a number of times particularly in in one school in england was how um how you can use autonomy for boys to empower them giving them a sense of ownership of of, of the school and ownership of events in the school um, and, and the final one which is our, our mentor is a, a brilliant teacher a history teacher and you know he knows boys education knows the power of using activity and what he does uh is particularly again around adolescent age but he does it a bit long so he, for every topic he teaches he's he's written and developed a, a game a game based on questions and cards and advancing through the history of the time and so um the the boys play these games and they learn this so they have that competitive sense that activity sense and and then the game can end in certain bits and have another activity so one of them that he does when he's teaching them about bits of the second world war it stops and it ends and then there's a class on building model airplanes and it helps that he as, as it always does in boys education he's an absolute master he's written lots of books on, on world war ii um, and and they respect his passion and his mastery and his command of his subject but he brings it down and makes it real. And he does it a lot through activity. It's wonderful that you mentioned um, both story. Uh, you know, we have a, we've just released an on-demand class that explores the use of story telling as a pedagogy. Um, but also that you speak about this um, zest for physical activity that boys have. Um, and it strikes me that boys schools worldwide, especially the ones I engage with closely, really celebrate the whole boy. And so I'm wondering how boys' schools might think about blending academics, arts, music, athletics, and all the other things that are part and parcel of a boys' school to continuously engage boys' minds and channel their zest for physical activity into, into learning. Yeah, I, thanks, Bruce. I, I tend to think that uh, in education, in running, in running enterprise, that you have three main levers of influence. You've got structure. You've got the environment in which you're you're operating, and you've got the culture. And they all feed off each other. They all work work with and can sometimes against each other if you're not careful. Um, I think it's important in boys' schools that boys' schools have a program that's really dense in opportunity and diversity. And it exposes boys to the full range of opportunity that they do have at a young age. So they get test out possible interests that might grow to passions, things that they can then have um, gain mastery of and start to get good at. And with that, then in an environment, your lever with your environment, your biggest lever with your environment is, is your teachers. And having teachers that um, most important thing, I believe boys schools is that they've got things that they're interested in and passionate about and with that that they're good at them and so that they can share that passion share that interest in it might be their subject but it, you know often it's 
it's in a sport or an activity or in theatre or debating, whatever it is, but you've got staff that are passionate about this and know about it and are quite skilled in it. Um, and then your environment, your physical environment or opportunity has got to support that as best it can. And finally, the culture bit to it is your school, I believe, has got to have a culture on top of that um, structure and environment, a culture of participation, a culture that celebrates the pursuit of excellence, trying to get good at things. Thanks so much, Tom. Um, IBSC also believes that boys' schools seek first to build men of good character and values. Tony, let's turn to you. In in your experience in boys' schools, how do how do our schools promote well-being, develop resilience and empathy, and cultivate strong character and values? Thanks, Bruce. I first of all, I think it's important that we understand that we're talking about good boys' schools. We must always strive to be good boys' schools. We must strive to get it right most of the time. But you also need to understand that that there might be times when we when we don't get it right. But there has to be this constant striving to develop uh, men of good characters and values because I believe there's inherent goodness inside each young boy that comes into our place. And uh, and the concept of development, rather than um, people often use the word creation or, or we strive to produce, um, I, I, I rather use the word develop to say to try and let's take what's inside each child uh, and let's try and develop that as best we can into Whatever we we kind of have an idea, and we also have to be careful that we don't impose our idea of what good character and values are, and it's a kind of co-created idea of good character and values that works with each child. So, so that part I believe is important. Um, and then linked to that is that each good school should have, I think, a wide range of of support uh, in this thing. You you, know, you you talk about promoting well-being, resilience, uh, uh, things like that, and character. And, and you need to have not only academic support, which I think is self-explanatory, but you need to have your, your emotional, psychosocial support. You need to have a, a, a sports program that supports kids in different ways and how they learn through, through a sports program. Um, having a spiritual component in a school, I found uh, to be very useful as well as boys are trying to understand whether there's a bigger purpose than them in life. Um, and then schools, in terms of the actual building and, and developing of, of this character, the number of schools that have various programs that have rites of passage along the way, and many cultures have rites of passage in, in their, uh, the way that they do things, where, where a boy attains a certain level of expertise in something and is acknowledged, and whether that acknowledgement is simply someone saying something or whether it's the awarding of a t-shirt or a tie or badges or things like that that acknowledgement of rites of passage i think is quite good and then just finally i, I think it's so important that the messaging that goes out from schools all the time um, and that you know starts in an assembly it, it goes all the way through to to the way that you communicate with parents and and the kind of messages that you put up on your on your social media pages you know, need to keep reinforcing this idea of the development of character, the development of values, the development of, of good men, and, and trying to define what goodness is and maleness is in a, in a kind of 21st, relevant, 21st century relevant space. I love, I love how you speak about co-creating um, with boys, and I think that's what a lot of us good schools are doing, Tony. 
And maybe this question is connected to that, but a big part of, of, of character development, I suppose, is this is boys making responsible choices. And how can boys' schools reach each boy, guard, guarding him to make responsible choices and living an honorable life, a life that he can be proud of? One of the problems is that so many boys' schools are quite big these days in terms of the numbers of, of students or pupils at the school. And the other problem is that the, the, the role of the head of the school has changed so dramatically um, over time. And what is required of heads now is very different to what was required then. And so in those days, you used to have a head of a school who used to often actually personally sort of get around, know every child's name, uh, get involved in, in program and, and help lead this, this kind of this development of character and helping boys make responsible choices. And these days, heads are not often in a position to do that. And so heads have to play a role of influencing others to perform that function. And so a lot of schools will break down um, their largest school into smaller chunks. And whether you do it by age, whether you do it by smaller family groups, if you want to call them that, whatever you choose to call them, is to try and break down those, those schools into smaller groups. And so working with smaller groups in terms of, of this question of responsible choices is so important. But then I'll go back to the other thing I said earlier, is the messaging from schools. You know, your, your assembly messages must always be have some element of, of, of choices, some element of character development, some element of, 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 of making good decisions, uh, and, and modeling those those decisions. You know, I think the the people we have in our schools are are, are such an important asset. And I'm I'm wondering, you know, in your experience, how important is it for boys' schools to have faculty members, student leaders, peer counselors, and others who are who are modeling integrity for for the students in our schools? Bruce, I I think that that is that is a critical role of of what we do. Boys often look to others to see what they could be like or to see, look for an example. Um, so they will look to peers, at, often at a younger age group, um, but then they'll start looking at the older boys. And, and I often talk to our, the, the sort of senior boys in the school, the leaders, and I say, do you remember back when you were a junior member of the school, how much you looked up to the seniors in the school and you wanted to be like them? And, and to encourage our older boys to be someone that is worthy of being looked up to. One thing I love about boys' schools, Tony, is the is the multiple avenues to success that boys, you know, boys can really find their niche. I found in in good boys' schools, um, and and you've you've taught in a number and been ahead of a number of of schools. And I wonder if we could reflect in what ways boys' schools are able to help boys experience the multiple ways they can express themselves and find affirmation, and as a result, mature into responsible, caring adults. Well, one of the things that boys often want to do is to find this connection with like-minded people within the space that they're in. And not everyone is going to subscribe necessarily to maybe a time on a tradition of playing a certain sport, for example, uh, or being involved in a certain activity that, that a school may have been sort of become famous for or well-known for. And so it is critical in good boys' schools that there are opportunities for as many boys as possible. Now I'm aware due to logistics and budget constraints and things like that, that you can't do this all the time. So, but you have to be deliberate and intentional in how you 
provide offerings for your boys that allow them to express themselves, allow them to find someone that, that has the same interests that they do and to find that affirmation that they're looking for, that they want to be seen to be worthy, either in the eyes of their, of their peers, often most, but also in the eyes of their parents and of, their, of, of the, the staff, the faculty at the school. And so it's so important that you have a variety of things, but then equally important is that you are deliberate in how you affirm those activities. So making sure that, that heads of school, for example, are seen in as many activities as possible. And it's not always possible, but, but heads of school, senior members of staff going around watching these boys doing their various activities, uh, celebrating those activities, uh, if they're taking part in, in, in whatever it be, whether it's a major sporting event, a cultural event, um, whatever activity it is, is celebrating that and acknowledging that. Thank you, Tony. Another key thing boys' schools do is create an ideal environment for students to imagine and explore their full potential. Byron, I'd love to ask you, in your opinion and in your experience at Woodbury, how are students in boys' schools able to explore the full range of their personalities and maybe in that process challenge some of the stereotypes that exist around boys and boys education. Bruce, one of the reasons why I became interested in leaving the co-ed world where I'd been a head of school for eight years and coming to Woodbury is because I had I, I saw this as a real need in our educational offerings. And one of the reasons why I love the all boys uh, world is because boys in our schools do everything. Uh, they have to. And uh, it has enriched the experiences of those who've participated in an activity that some might associate more with, with, with girls than, than with boys. And I think unfairly so and inappropriately so. It's really important to us uh, to, to, to be a school that serves the whole boy, uh, not just the, the sports boy or the arts boy or the academic boy, but the whole boy. And one of the things that I've really enjoyed about Woodbury, which is a 9-12 school, by the way, grade, uh, grades 9 through 12, is that boys come to Woodbury uh, often after their first eight years of school, ready for a new chance and a new start. And what I love about Woodbury is that I see boys engage in a full range of activities. And so as an example, and I know all boys schools have these kinds of examples, we will see stellar athletes who are also really impressive musicians and artists. Um, we have a, a school choir that uh, is over 10% of our student body, and they process into chapel every Monday night. And um, there's an a cappella group at Woodbury that's really impressive, and it's comprised of boys who are not only strong students, but also really, really strong athletes. And so what I have found is that in the all-boys world, boys often feel liberated to uh, set down some of the masculine um, stereotypes that society places on us as, as men 
and adopt instead a fuller range of what it means to be fully themselves, uh, more completely themselves. And I feel like that's a great freedom and a real opportunity in a boys' school that might not exist in the co-ed world. Byron, as you speak, you know, vulnerability has become a bit of a buzzword, particularly as we talk about boys embracing um, a more broad version of masculinity. In what ways, and maybe even in your experience at Woodbury, have you seen that happen, that that there's a safe environment for boys to start exploring their fullness um, as as young men? A healthy human community needs honesty. It needs openness. It it demands vulnerability. And um, my experience is that when older boys see this modeled for them by teachers and coaches, they lean into that quality themselves. Um, And when younger boys see older boys modeling that vulnerability, they're more likely to step forth to become a little more vulnerable themselves. It does not happen automatically and it doesn't happen on the first day of of school, but in an environment that is um, caring and supporting, supportive and, and trusting, it happens more frequently than, than not. And so from my perspective, it's really important uh, for the uh, head of school and the dean of faculty, whoever is responsible for hiring, uh, to, to hire a wide-ranging faculty that can connect with a wide-ranging group of boys um, and to hire uh, teachers and coaches who are even more socially intelligent than they are uh, masters of their own uh, uh, discipline or sport that they're, they're coaching, uh, mostly because so much of our work is relational in nature. And if we're being honest and open as, as leaders, we're going to be at certain times vulnerable about, uh, about how we're doing, about, uh, about what trust means, about what it, 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 it takes to be part of a, of a successful human community. Uh, so I, I, you know, if, if, if I want a safe environment for, for boys, I think that starts with the faculty. Uh, it starts actually with the, the head of school and, 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 and the openness and a transparency and a credibility and an eagerness to, to be vulnerable, in my case, for me at, at Woodbury, but also with those that uh, work on the faculty and teach and coach the boys. Uh, and, and I think that that uh, modeling um, that uh, in, in a way that might seem unfamiliar to some boys is, is really the key to convincing them that, you know, a healthy emotional life is, is worth the, um, the vulnerability that might be a little scary uh, to start. And coming back to, you know, you mentioned code, your experience in co-ed schools earlier, I suppose in boys' schools, it's a lot easier for, for boys to engage in that process. My experience is that that's true because what boys fear, and I think what we men fear, Bruce, is, is being judged. And um, 
the, the, the world can be, as you know, um, a pretty critical place. And um, when we feel like we're in a community or in, a, in, a, in an environment where we can't be ourselves, we, we end up living a compromised life. And often it takes being in the presence with you know, two or three teachers and coaches who believe in you when you don't believe in yourself, and then two or three friends who will give you the confidence uh, to, to, to really be yourself. And then in an ideal world, when the school community is such that boys are celebrated for being themselves and not who they think the world wants them to be, that's the mark of a really healthy community and I think the, the mark of some of our best boys schools and certainly what I hope Woodbury uh, will live into as well. Thank you so much Byron for your insights. Um, Tom I'd like to turn back to you again. Um, understanding how boys learn is really key to a successful boys school. In fact boys schools know that boys develop and learn in different ways. And so I'm interested to learn from your experience in boys' schools. In what ways do or can boys' schools know that boys develop and learn in different ways? Thanks, Bruce. Well, we are very lucky that we do have the fruits of, of some research here to work with. And that we have that great strength, one of the many great strengths of boys' schools is that when we're armed with evidence, we can act intention, with intentionality. Uh, for boys and what's best for boys. So we, we know that for teenagers, adolescents, we know that the, that the front of the brain starts its journey last in terms of re readapting. Um, and we know that that part of the brain is linked to uh, decision-making, planning, problem-solving. And we know that there's good evidence that boys are often more spatial and more visual. So we can work in that knowledge um, in an intentional manner for the benefit, best benefit of the boys in our care. Um, as I've mentioned already, we know that learning relationships are crucial and that they're built on respect, reciprocity, and the development of passions and interests and the pursuit uh, of mastery, helping helping boys to mastery. And we can use that in the classroom or in the, every aspect of our school. We can influence positive learning behavior and we can do that again with intentionality around values, around character uh, and around activity as we've discussed. We can do all that. Um, we, we can promote good thinking, good learning skills. Particularly we can adapt to the fact that boys often have the capacity to work in depth with complexity, uh, with pattern and structure and abstract reasoning, and particularly maybe in the disciplines of mathematics, language, music, philosophy and science. We know that these are things that suit um, many boys particularly well. We understand that Sometimes boys can be a little slower in their development socially and with reading and with writing. So we can take our time. We, we don't rush. We can give, deliver these things in smaller bite-sized chunks. 
and not put pressure, not get a, a sense of failure if, if, you're, if you're not right across it straight away. We understand it can take um, a little longer and we can give breaks because we know that having breaks are important for boys. We know that for boys, some of their best thinking, their best deep thinking is done when they're doing something else, another activity, when their mind and body is, is on something else and the brain's still ticking away. We know that so we can adapt our rhythms and our curricula, curricula and our routines to that. We know that it's important for boys to take healthy risks. We know that um, when they've got good support and, and good care and it's all been assessed, but it's still important that boys can take healthy risks. And we can do that by always giving them new opportunities to explore. We know how important ritual is in a boys' school and that creates the comfort and confidence in which boys can then take leaps of faith and leaps of belief into things they've never tried before and again that builds their identity and their sense of, of belonging we know that performance is important i always want to think that you know that boy every boy gets a chance to perform so all those things are hugely are hugely important in the education of boys because you, you, you're always looking to try and find that peg on which he can hang his hat Thanks so much for those insights, Tom. Um, and I think you talk about the research and there's been a lot of formal research into um, how best boys learn. But I think one of the, the programs that has really been key for IBSC schools is, is the Action Research Program. And I know you, you're at a school that has had a number of educators participate in that program. Wondering just as a as a final insight from you, how has the IBSC Action Research Program helped boys' schools understand um, how boys learn? There are there are so many reasons why I really love the IBSC Action Research Program. Uh, so many, and I guess at its heart, because it says so much about what's good about the IBSC. Uh, it, it speaks so strongly to it. It's been developed from within by passionate teachers who took up the challenge and created it, you know, created this structure within the IBSC. And, and it's for each other. It's for, their, it's for everybody within the coalition, all the teachers. They are part of it. And it's a, a very much a shared learning in a, with great structure um, that brings about improvement um, and that global sense in a local environment. There's so much about who we are that it is, you know, it's the, it's the members, it's the people, it's the teachers that, that are the IBSC and, 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 and they get benefit from it and contribute to it. So action research enables us as a school to set evidence, research evidence, and the wisdom that comes from that in a context that's beyond that borrowing Thank you again for your insights, Tom. We're going to turn to Tony again. And Tony, those of us who have worked in boys' schools know that our schools or the schools that are doing this well create a sense of belonging for all their students in their communities and foster lifelong friendships. Uh, how have you seen this sense of belonging playing out um, on uh, our campuses? To me, there's there, there are two aspects of the sense of belonging. The one that we need to develop and nurture and be very proud of and the other that we need to be very careful of. 
And that is often that, that a sense of belonging can become so important that first of all, a child who doesn't become part of that, who doesn't subscribe to the, the kind of values and feelings of the, of the crowd is, is shut out and, and is excluded from that. And that you have to worry about. And the other thing that you have to worry about is that the, the feelings of the crowd don't usurp the, the beliefs and values necessarily of the individual. And sometimes we know that in boys' schools, there's a, there's a crowd mentality that often sweeps people up uh, to kind of do and say things that they wouldn't normally do as individuals and they, and they regret doing after. So if, if that, that sense of belonging is carefully managed and nurtured, and, and when it becomes out of hand and when it becomes uh, too frenetic or too obsessive, I think schools have to become very, uh, very deliberate again. And I use that word deliberate because it is an important part of how we do things. We, we can't just let it happen. Uh, we have to be careful with, with managing it. And we have to make sure that it doesn't necessarily take over and become too important. It's got to be important, absolutely. And the sense of belonging is so critical. I mean, you, you have the establishment of alumni organizations. You have this huge sense of pride of wearing the colors of the school that you're at and saying that you are at that particular school. Um, but but you must make sure that that doesn't get in the way of, of, the, of the important things and, and the values that, that individuals have. Tony, we appreciate all that you've you've shared with us and we're going to turn it back to Byron again. And the final thing that I'd like to talk about in this conversation is how boys' schools prepare young men to assume leadership and responsibility in a competitive and changing world. And, and I think this, Byron, has a lot to do with the character work that boys' schools are doing to provide a true compass for boys to navigate their journey to manhood. And, and this in turn provides the tools for leadership and responsibility in a changing world. How, how are you thinking about this in, in the Woodbury context and how have you seen this playing out? I think we all share a hope that we're graduating boys who are prepared for their future and, and not necessarily for, for our past. So this is, um, you know, this is definitely on my mind. And, and when I think about Woodbury Forest, I've, I've, um, I've come to the conclusion that we need to we need to celebrate uh, leadership and service more broadly than we have in the past. Um, uh, we want uh, to encourage boys to aspire to be servant leaders, where they are called upon to take care of each other. Um, in, in my estimation, a good man needs to needs to know when and how to ask for help. And a good man also needs when and how to give it when he sees the need in, in, in others. And so what we try to do at, at Woodbury is, is coach boys and challenge boys to, uh, to be that brother for each other and uh, hopefully develop over their time at the school an instinct for doing that in a way that will make the world a little bit better when they, when, when they graduate. So again, for, for us, it's, 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 it's imagining leadership as more than just a traditional role or title, but really as an opportunity for service and in particular servant leadership. I'm also thinking that 
you know, it's really important to realize that as, um, as strong as our schools might be, we often live in a bubble uh, in, in the school world. And so it's, it's important to, on occasion, uh, uh, take boys um, out of the bubble. Uh, anything that we can do to supplement what we're doing in our own community with a taste of what the real world is in a broadening kind of manner, I think is very appropriate uh, to, to, to reach uh, for, a, 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 again, a broader view of what a competitive and changing world actually looks like as opposed to kind of our more static bubble here in our own school community. And, and Byron, what would you say the power of, of that experience has been for boys of, of service learning and community, community outreach? And, and what do you think that's giving to them as, as they step into, into the future? You know, I, I think that for me, it, it, it helps them it broadens their, their perspective and it connects them with a slice of humanity that they may have never even knew existed or never have known existed. And the reason why that's so important is because we all know and at this stage of our own lives that we often uh, learn uh, most from uh, those who, who, who we're not expecting to learn from. Uh, an education is meant to make the world a little better and not just intended to, you know, fulfill my own selfish ambitions. You know, what resonated with me, uh, Byron, was your comment that education is all about making the world a little bit better. And I think that is such a hopeful way to end this conversation as we talk about uh, boys' education and why boys' schools are still relevant today. I think that, you know, when boys' schools are, are, are doing things the right way, we're sending boys out into the world who will become young men who will do just that, make the world a better place. A big thank you to Tom Tony and Byron for joining me for this look into how boys schools understand and celebrate boys. As I mentioned before, both the boys schools understand and celebrate boys and the Why a School for Boys brochures are available exclusively to IBSC members in IBSC Member Center. Feel free to access and download these as you communicate the value of an all boys education to your communities. Before we know it, we'll be together in Dallas in June for the 2022 IBSC Annual Conference hosted by St. Mark's School of Texas. Until then, and our next episode, keep safe and well.